Hello, everybody. Welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. My name is Michael, and with me, he's the one who is so far away when the snake bites into his veins. It's... That was an interesting introduction, Michael, but it's me, Jeremy. Can I ask why you chose Godsmack to introduce me? Oh, that song pops into my head like randomly once every month or two, and I don't know why. I don't think I've thought of that song since (laughs) 2001, 1999, whenever that thing came out. It's been quite some time. They tour a lot in the Midwest. There's a unique breed of... Like and you know these are all used relatively. The high end of new metal comes through here quite a bit. Okay. So corn comes through about once a year. Disturbed comes through about once a year. I feel like Rob Zombie has been coming through quite a bit, but he always tours with garbage bands, so I don't go. <laughs> Which stinks because Rob Zombie's a lot of fun live. But uh, yeah, Godsmack never got into him, and I'm okay with that. I remember the videos. October 20th, 1999. You were right. Wow. I'm not happy that With I one of the that. guesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Godsmack, is it thumbs up or thumbs down from the J. Meister General? I was down, man. They're bad. <laughs> okay. Not good. Yeah. I never really... Oh. Here's a little... I'm on the Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. The song is also used by... Or was also used by WWE wrestler Batista during his time as Leviathan in OVW. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fitting. <laughs> that specific song and not a different one? Uh, yeah, Voodoo, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's it's weird thinking of that man ever being in OVW, but I guess he would have had to. Yeah. That's the uh, the developmentals back in the day for those that are not aware. Another thing that I'm seeing here now, too, it was also, remember the MTV show Fear? Kind of. Was it like a, like a poor man's attempt at Blair witching things? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do sort of remember that. that. Maybe that's why. Maybe whenever I see somebody using a GoPro, that was kind of the proto GoPro show because people had cameras pointed at themselves, a la Blair Witch. I'd like um, to point out that you didn't botch any of proto GoPro. <laughs> you hit that really well, Michael. Good work. Thank you. Yeah, that's some very him card read good territory there. No kidding. But enough of that, Chungus. Um, Chungus. Jeremy, what uh, do you got for a beer rag? For Michael, me put on the tease because I have stories. Okay. So this past weekend, I went up to your neck of the woods. In fact, farther Ooh. than your neck of the woods. Ooh. I went to lovely Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Oh. Which is right by Kenosha, which is right by Milwaukee, which is right by Chicago. Didn't something bad happen there recently? In Kenosha? Uh, Pleasant Prairie? I mean, there's a Jelly Belly factory there. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The one where the guy ran over somebody with a tank? Oh, God, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, anyway, that was like a few years ago. But <laughs> Well, that doesn't surprise me. Michael, have you been to uh, Pleasant Prairie or Kenosha? Is there a big, there's a big outlet mall there. There is a big outlet mall there, and yes, we were uh, right across the parking lot from it. Oh, yeah, now I know what happened there. It's an ammonia leak. <laughs> There was a big shoplifting thing there. Oh, for what? <laughs> yeah, like 10 guys just walked into the North Face store and stole $30,000 of goods and walked out. Like, no mask, just broad daylight, flash mob-esque, or that's what the police called it. And uh, yeah, well, I'm, Right now, I'm, I thought you were, I mean, the tanks and the, I'm looking at the KenoshaNews.com. 
And uh, an anhydrous ammonia leak in Beach Park, Illinois, <laughs> that sent dozens to the hospital and left seven oh. people in critical condition is okay. being wow. investigated by NTSB. This is from uh, April 26th of this year. That's one of those farming hazards, like dangerous a farm is in reality compared to uh, what people think of a farm, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's a, a lot of horrifically dangerous chemicals, but... Uh, we digress. Go we, we do digress, and we're going to continue digressing <laughs> because uh, Kenosha's kind of a dump. <laughs> okay. I can't, I'm not in any position to defend it, but... Uh, so the, da- the downtown there. area and the parts by the water were, were very nice. And we did see a capsized boat in the harbor getting uh, rescued by a police boat, which was weird. But I feel like this is going to sound like an exaggeration, but I don't think that it is. We went through only a few miles of downtown and south of downtown Kenosha. I'm pretty sure we saw at least 15 bars and grills on, like, only two (laughs) different roads. Yeah. So I I know exactly what kind of restaurant you're talking about just from that description. But the people there are wonderful. I can I could talk about how Gumball Head passes the uh, the reach test from Three Floyds. Oh yeah, that's a good one. But oh, I've already spoken of that. Part of what I would like to talk about is that for this family reunion, it's kind of a Christmas in July situation. Mm-hmm. My father was given a six pa- a random mix six that a cousin got that just had crazy cans. Like that was the only criteria that they used to get them because they're not exactly uh, like beer aficionados they like what they like and oh yeah yeah but they know that my dad will drink you know a lot of things i'm not gonna say he'll drink anything because he won't which is why i got several beers one that he and i split was from miskatonic brewing company which is a nice uh reanimator reference gelatinous cube the third release in their dungeon master series i was gonna say that's a D reference yes it is nice. it is a cinnamon mocha imperial pastry stout with cassia wow. bark coffee and cocoa nibs mm. the the miskatonic website is kind of hard to find anything good out of they just sort of have like the bare minimum color text that you just okay. heard yeah i feel like they threw in a ton of uh donuts into this one it's very sweet the cinnamon was on point. The mocha was great. I really enjoyed it. The image is pretty awesome. The, the, so you're seeing why they got him the can. Okay. <laughs> um, I also had Bear E. White. Okay. Uh, B E A R. Oh, this okay. Is from A-R. Short Fuse, but uh, this is an American wheat beer. It's from uh, Short Fuse Brewing Company from Illinois. Um, it's a white ale, so like a Belgian wheat beer that they threw 120 pounds of Haribo gummy bears in the oh my tank God. door. And it, ta- it tastes like gummy bears. <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't quite nail the uh, the flavor they're going for. Like, you, There's definitely some beerosity in there. Okay. And it kind of got just the melange of gummy bears. It kind of the sheen. It, it kind of finished like an American wheat. But it was... It was, it was pretty good. It didn't quite, like I said, it didn't quite nail it, but I did like it. But the uh, the the best one that I had was from Collective Arts Brewing, and it's called Beady Eyes. And this okay. is a collaboration with Mars Brewing and, mm-hmm. oh, do-do-do-do, Donut Monster. Here's the color text for you. Oh, Blood Orange and Hibiscus Pale Ale. Inspired by one of Donut Monster's distinct flavor creations, we brewed this pale ale with generous amounts of bright blood orange and hibiscus, 
backed by a large amount of citrusy hops. To round out the donut feel, we added a lactose sugar for an extra creamy body. Mm, interesting. Okay. So, the orange was pretty fantastic. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to tell you the difference of a blood orange and a regular orange, outside of the color, obviously. <laughs> right. But... Between the hibiscus and the blood orange, it kind of just folded all together to sort of take light, taste like grapefruit. Okay. And the lactose really just kind of, it didn't make it taste sweet, but it did round off the bitterness that one would get out of a pale ale. I see, I see. Very bright, very citrusy, good round mouthfeel. I liked mm. it a lot. So if you can get your hands on that one, I would highly recommend you check it out. The pick of the pack? Mm-hmm. Nice. Gelatinous Cube was very, very good, though, too. Ah. There's another one uh, hanging out in the fridge, but I'll save that one for another episode. Okay. Michael, what about yourself? Uh, I was teasing this a few weeks earlier mm. because I think it's going to relate a little bit to the beer we're having today. Mm-hmm. So this was Deliria from the same people who make Delirium, the pink elephant beer out of Belgium. Delirium Tremens? Yes. Or, you know, and the delirium, nocturnum, delirium, cherries, or whatever that's Pink called. Pinkum. <laughs> um, so I expected this to be a Belgian-y golden ale type beer, mm-hmm. but it was really kind of a sleeper beer. It was a, a crisp blonde, and it really had like a solid earthy finish, so it was almost like a pilsner, like between a blonde and a pilsner. It really didn't have any of the Belgian yeast. I mean, it might have had a twinge of that, Not none of the... Um, like the rock candy type flavor mm-hmm. or whatever that, what is that? Crystal candy, rock candy. Belgian candy sugar. Yes. Thank you. It was more like a Pilsner. So I was kind of surprised, but here's like the sleeper aspect of it though. 8.5% ABV. And you're just talking about the regular delirium tremens? No, this is deliria. Oh, deliria. I'm, I'm yes. trying to find this on the website and I'm not seeing it. Yeah. I've never heard of it before either. It's by Hugh Brewery, H-U-Y-G-H-E. Hugh. Hugh. Yeah, there you Hugh. go. I do see a beer advocate profile. I'm seeing it. that as well now that I know what it's called. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. All-female team brewed beer. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, it really popped me off guard. I mean, usually for 8.5, it kind of reverse caught me off guard because I was expecting it. I knew it was 8.5 getting into it, and I was expecting this big, bold Belgian Mm-hmm. triple flavor or something, and it was really, I don't want to say mundane, a really kind of straight-laced Pilsner flavor, but with huh. that pack of a punch, again, which you really couldn't taste that much, but you could feel it by the end of the glass. Huh. So I think the FDR will have some similar traits to that one, but we'll see. So yeah, uh, that's another one to add to my Delirium collection, one of my favorite beers that I don't have often, but I do enjoy it when it I do It is have. very good, and it's available, like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because this is not one of those just, like, we're a Belgian beer, like, say, the loud part quiet and a quiet part loud in the Belgian wit beer sort of thing. Right. But this is a straight-up Belgian beer, and I can remember this, well, bottles just kind of being everywhere. Right, it's like prepubescent craft beer when we were first getting into <laughs> drinking it. Not, we weren't prepubescent, but the scene was. Um, and, yeah, I remember seeing that around because it had this ceramic bottle, you know. Mm-hmm. That was, um, it's very, it's very eye-catching. Yeah. Very distinct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, I recommend giving it a try if you see it just to kind of, and I'm interested to compare it to this one, but just to kind of 
add a new uh, type of beer, unique mm-hmm. beer to your uh, gamut. Nice. I'm always <laughs> I'm always surprised when you can uh, find a new ones, especially new ones from you know well-known breweries that I have never heard of. So right. good on yeah. good on you, Michael. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. But Jeremy, should we start driving our car towards the destination brewery? For sure. This week? Uh, where where were we at last week? Decor- uh, Decora? Decora and Waterloo. That's right. Halfway between Decora and Waterloo. Yes. And now we're headed to Knoxville. 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 To quote Bart, Nelson, Martin, and Millhouse. It's true. Um, Maybe we'll get a fine wig. <laughs> I love that episode so much. It's probably one of my favorites. It's a top 10. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, Knoxville, Iowa. We are going back to, well, let's, I guess we can't reveal that. Let's stop at a few places before we get to the FDR. Sure. So here's a few things from roadsideamerica.com. Um, it's in the area, nothing truly in Knoxville. I'm surprised the peace tree itself, well, I just revealed the brewery, <laughs> <laughs> isn't on here. Because that was an interesting bit of history, the tree that is now in a flooded portion of the lake. That's a real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a big old tree that was noted by native people to the area and then when they dammed up the lake it flooded where the tree was and now it's just a stump sticking out of the water huh but you can like what is that lake by knoxville red rock yes yes i've been there um so yeah apparently you can kayak up to the peace tree and reminisce like throw coins at it or something (laughs) i don't know what, what you do when you're there so these are in the area of knoxville which is in the area of Des Moines. There's um, not a whole lot in Knoxville, except for one thing that I imagine you're going to bring up. Oh, maybe you know something I don't know. Well, it's not that wacky as your, uh, as your <laughs> okay. things have tended to be. Um, uh, Pella, Iowa, which mm-hmm. is just a little to the east, northeast. Uh, the Museum of Traffic Control. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a private collection of road signs and traffic signals spills out into the yard (laughs) and there's a picture and it looks like a house crammed full of road signs traffic lights we're just stopping at all the lamest crap on this road trip aren't we michael oh yeah we've got a long way to go on this thing yet also in uh pella the largest dutch windmill in the u.s i did know that (laughs) have you seen that before in real life no, but uh, the place where my grandparents lived has the world's largest, or the U.S.'s world's largest Danish windmill. Oh, are they stylized differently? I feel like they have to be, otherwise I would have heard a lot more like sass about <laughs> okay. Knoxville okay. as I was growing up. Yeah, We can also stop in Indianola, Iowa, which is to the east, mm-hmm. where the Balloon Museum. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do a... Uh... I've I've heard of this. They do the, uh, they used to do laser fest out there. What's laser fest? Or rock one hundred three point whatever. It's it's like a Des Moines, half butt rock, half classic rock station that would book like Hinder and Seether oh, and okay. all those other, uh, you know, noun Breaking Benjamin stuff like that. Yeah, they'd book a lot of those. But I feel like it. They. The people tore it all up once. Oh, and after like a rainy night. Now they do it in like Boone, Iowa, which is about eh, 50 miles away. So what's that have to do with the National Balloon Museum? Because it was on the grounds where they have the oh, ballooning at. Oh, okay. 
Gotcha. Or at least they used to, anyway. Yeah. The museum proudly displays a homemade plastic basket that one daredevil took to an altitude of 38,000 feet. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wonder if he lived. Uh, Don't say that part. I was watching Drunk History the other night, Michael, Mm. on Comedy Central. Yeah. And they were telling the story of the guy who strapped all those weather balloons to a folding chair. Yeah, yeah. And he went up to an absurd height, and he accidentally got down without killing himself. Because he accidentally, he like had brought a pellet gun with to like pop the balloons after he got high enough to slowly descend. Get, yeah. But he, uh, he, he dropped the gun <laughs> after shooting just barely enough to make oh. the thing descend. So he shot a few before. Oh, uh-huh. otherwise yeah. he would be <laughs> floating like, around Bill Dotrieve style. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his face at the end of the shining? Oh yeah. In the upper atmosphere. Uh-huh. Um, Wait, what? Well, it'd get really cold up there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was um, just like, no one floats around. They float <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You know the end of Shining where they strap we're, them to some just, balloons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turns into the first half of the movie up. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think I meant to ask you this. Uh, I was at a dinner party when there were some kids there, and there's this uh, kid there about 10 years old that are, you know, mm-hmm. he's into like Fortnite dances and all of this other he is. stuff. And uh, he was eating outside, and he suddenly rips open the sliding door, and he, got, you know, he does. Here's Johnny. <laughs> does that make you happy that that persists? Well, <laughs> through the ages. I don't think he knows what he's saying. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I asked him what, how did he know that, and he said it was some meme that he yeah, saw. Exactly. That's why it makes me sad. Yeah, uh, uh, but he did have the rictus grin down, and or if you want to call it a grin. Oh but... no, it's a it's a rictus grin. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Almost an involuntary grin. Yeah. Fun fact, in the book, it's a pel- uh, polo mallet, not an axe. Oh. One of the many changes from the source material. Is that one of the movies that made Stephen King mad, or is that true enough that he... It's the movie that made Stephen King <laughs> okay. mad. And made him start directing his own? Well, I mean, it made him try. <laughs> I mean... Oh, he did direct. He did direct a movie. It's called uh, the truck one, right? Yes, it is. Oh God, what is it? Oh no! Yeah, I can't think of it now either. Um, Oh my God, it's gonna bother you, isn't it? Oh boy, that's gonna bother me. Because the the short story is just called Trucks Overdrive, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Okay, God, I'm embarrassed. But uh, but he has a bad track record of that. Like the Running Man, the aforementioned uh, Lawnmower Man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down before we say things we can't take back with this Running Man takedown. That's a, oh, I love that movie. Okay, good. But oh. yes, it's all they had to change the ending, Michael. But do you know? Do you know the original ending of the uh, of the book? Doesn't he crash into the headquarters of the? Yeah, he, yes, he does. <laughs> he drives a plane into the building, <laughs> which once again you can't really do anymore. Oh, yeah, right. Well, the Running or Man. ever. Um, but it's still nothing like the book. Like he doesn't, like the Sub Zero is not in the book, and nope, Dynamo is not in the book. I don't sure think. isn't. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm so I'm okay with changing source material for a better movie. Right. Anyway, next stop. Heading out to Oskaloosa, Iowa. Okay. You can find graves of two Civil War mules. <laughs> 
<laughs> they were sisters, and they're buried side by side with wooden headstones inside a white picket fence on a historic farm. Jenny and Becky <laughs> well, were former Civil War army mules. I, I mean, not to mention they have no legacy to pass on. Oh, right. <laughs> As mules, yeah. <laughs> As they, mules, their seed ain't work. Right. Yeah. They're sterile. What is it, a donkey and a horse? A horse, yes. <sighs> Surprisingly uh, useful animal, though, and a really funny word. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I chose this one. Well, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm okay with that sort of thing. A government mule. Um, <laughs> so, Jeremy, that's okay, we've arrived at our stop in Knoxville. I was going to suggest that we, you, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the, uh, oh, yeah, fi- what was the, it? Uh, the figure eight or the funny car races. Oh, is that the, um, oh, were they, they're ones with the big, the big fins on the top and they go just Tokyo drift the entire way pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, I actually just came across that recently. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. So that's in Knoxville. Yeah. They do a, uh, a racing world famous one. They do the every year and my God, is it loud? I've been in Knoxville when they do that and good gravy. It's impressively loud, and because and we were like eight miles away from the track. <laughs> it's like yeah, lo- loud enough that you can't have a pleasant conversation outside. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here, Knoxville Raceway. Yeah. Is it funny cars? I no, it's not funny cars. I don't it's... think this is funny cars. This is no. Oh God, what is it? Oh, I'm less upset about this. Um, about not knowing this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, what are those cars? Sprint car. Sprinters, that's it. Thank you. A funny car is a... That's a drag racer. Yeah, but it's like a drag racer, kind of a hot rod drag racer. Yeah. 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 Oh, cars. I know how to change the oil. I've learned how to change taillights. And that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. But it's okay because we don't need to drive any farther. We're at our destination. Yes, the in air aforementioned Peace Tree Brewing Company, <laughs> and actually, jokes on us because looking at this bottle, this beer was bottled and brewed in Back Pocket Brewing Company in Coralville, Iowa. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that they contracted this out. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. all be hornswoggled. But this is the beer is the Blonde Fatale Ale. This is a notorious beer, Michael. Yes. It, much like the aforementioned Deliria, it really sneaks up on you. I don't have stats. I have flavor text here, but not stats. The stats are uh, not on hand. How about you hit me with a couple of the uh, color, some of the color text, Michael? Yeah, here we go. This is from the bottle. Our Belgian-style blonde ale will steal your heart as the unfiltered golden hue seduces your taste buds with surprising smoothness. It's delicately hopped with Styrian Golding and Celia. Celia? Celia? Celia. Yeah, that works. Uh, For medium aroma with a crisp and refreshing bite. Uh, From the website, our Belgian-style blonde ale will steal your heart as the unfiltered golden hue seduces your taste buds with surprising smoothness. The Belgian yeast... Did you just read this? Yes, I did. Sorry. The Belgian yeast adds hints of fruity complexity, but be warned, its mysterious charm will draw you in again and again. Uh, I was trying to find these, and I was kind of zoned out there. It's an it's an 8.5% that ABUs are not available. This is a Belgian-style blonde ale. Uh, One thing that I can find that is in here that was a little bit 
more informative is from their featured beers. And I don't know when this was written, but it's a little while ago. Okay. So bear with me. Last year, we brewed our first high-gravity beer in the form of a Belgian blonde-style ale. It was a taproom hit, and we helped and helped make the summer of 2010 a real blast. Everyone was so excited about it, we decided we needed to bottle this goodness and make it seasonal for 2011. The beer is held up in bottles and quickly become our best seller, so we will likely keep it around all year now that we are spanning our fermenter capacity. Brewmaster Joe says that despite the light color, it will also be a great winter beer since it has that sneaky 8.5 that will warm your spirits. It is classified as a Belgian-style strong ale and the use of Belgian candy sugars adds the alcohol without weighing down the beer. Belgian yeast gives off some really nice fruit and spiciness and keeps it from becoming just another light summer brew. Mild hop additions add balance and aroma, but very little bitterness. Oh, here we go. Nomenclature. Here's what we should have been reading the whole time. Okay. We should also explain how the name came about since it has caused a bit of confusion. Unfortunately, many think it is blonde fat ale. <laughs> when we debuted the beer in the taproom, we looked around at about 8pm and realized everyone was really happy and their cheeks were very rosy. The next day we were recapping how the beer went over and we all decided it was a really attractive beer, but a little dangerous as people didn't always know from taste that it was a higher ABV beer. Yep. <laughs> Because we have such a fun and creative crew, yeah. we asked everyone's input on a name for this new beer. Ryan, one of our bar staff, came up with the name Blonde Fatale. Alluring, dangerous, fun, but can get you in a little trouble and you want to keep coming back for more. There you go, yeah. And so this is this has happened uh, to me the first time I had this beer. I think it was like maybe the first beer of the night or something. And yes, it snuck up on me pretty immediately and uh, uh-huh. surprised. And then, what, about a year ago or so? Was it Knob of the show who had this one? And he Oh, that that was uh Craisins. Oh, okay. We'll we'll call him Craisins, you know, those little dried up cranberry raisins. <laughs> yes, okay. Um he had it too and he's like, yeah, he had the same reaction, like just like, wow, what is going on? I could drink this. Don't all expect night. it from that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the best story of this is Knob of the Show. The one you're thinking of is when he decided to show up and bought two pitchers of Blonde Fatale for about yes. four of us. And uh, those of us that had had this beer before were not about to sit there and start crushing an 8.5 beer at 8 p.m. on the night on what I believe was a football night. But uh, this is this is uh, this one is so infamous around these parts that I've heard it made into no less than three local comedian sets. Really. About the dangers of having... Well, one of... I don't remember who the comedian was, so mm-hmm. apologies. But he had mentioned that uh, Blonde Fatale should probably be... Uh, just have DUI written on it. <laughs> because you have four of them and you feel fine. But then when you're driving home, you're suddenly not fine. And like, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, so similar things. have Because they sell this stuff in pints at bars. That's the thing, too. Yeah, when I got it, it was in a pint. It wasn't mm-hmm. a little snifter or anything like that. It was... Just straight up shaker, no um, no ice, no ice, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I bet Nob of the Show probably had you know the, your standard pitcher price for it too. So probably, I feel like Back Pocket made a version of this called Murder Horn, which is even more dangerous. Oh no, because that one's at ten one. Oh god, it's it's very good. Maybe we'll have to do a side by side at some point. But let's open this one up, shall let's we? Open it. I like. I'm. I'm still kind of all bent out of shape that this was brewed in Coralville. I know that back pocket 
got off the ground as a contract brewer mm-hmm. with Schlafly, or however that's pronounced. Oh, yeah. Schlafly. That's how I say it. Oh, well. <laughs> so it does pour kind of a darker golden, almost like a bronze almost. color. And the smell is pretty malty. <sighs> Very rich smell. I have not had one of these in a while, Michael. Yeah, same here. Pray tell what glass are you using? I'm keeping true, and I'm just using a standard shaker. But, Michael, you have a Duval glass for this beer. I do. I could have used that. That's what I'm using. Ah. Uh, I uh, poured it pretty gently, so I don't have a head on mine. I don't know. Is that uh, true? I, I tried going a little bit more aggressively. I poured daintily for the first half, but then just kind of inverted. Shucked it in, yeah. There's not a head on this one, which kind of makes sense and kind of doesn't. I don't know. It's weird. Do it we is. know when this was brewed? Do we have a time mm. on here? Because it's entirely possible these singles have been sitting on the shelf for a while. But that's oh, a good yeah. thing in this case. And I and I am not seeing anything. No. Go in, Jeremy. I just uh, took a quick dip. Um, What's your initial reaction, Michael? You know, I really like the maltiness. And it has that. I, I like think, the yeast and the fizz. Yeah, it has. A, it does have a. It's not. It does have a Belgian flavor. I mean, and I think that's what I really liked about it. Uh, might be that Belgian candy sugar, mm-hmm. and the yeast that I'm kind of digging. But it's not. What it's kind of missing about the Belgian picture is kind of that little burn at the end. Or like that's why twinge. this thing is. Yes. Th- that's why it's terrifying. Goes down real smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I love the. I'm really digging the flavor. Mm-hmm. It has that. I think it's that. I keep wanting to call it rock candy, candy sugar <laughs> flavor, that I that that I really like. So Michael, I have some. I have an update. So this is from Iowa Beer Blog, blogspot.com, from uh, November of last year. Mm-hmm. News that it will positively impact two Iowa breweries. KCCI.com, which is a Des Moines CBS affiliate, reports that Back Pocket Brewing in Coralville will begin contract brewing for Peachtree in order to keep pace with growth. Mm. Back Pocket will brew Peachtree's award-winning Blanc Vital. Back Pocket is not new to contract brewing. With their extra capacity, they brewed for St. Louis's Schlafly from 2011 to 2016. Back Pocket can share in the profits of one of Peachtree's best-selling beers, while Peachtree's Knoxville production site will have extra room to expand their portfolio. There we go. There you go. You know, I... I'm going back in and I'm trying to like pick out the ABV and it does have a subtle warming effect. Um, it's not a burn. It's just a nice warmth that um, as it goes through the anatomy, <laughs> warms each of those zones. It's a uh, shame it's lost to the process of digestion, Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, and I think like in a social setting, like when you, the aforementioned stories when we had it then you're not really paying attention to that complaining around a fire pit <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's uh, uh i like that because it's that's that's inside subtle enough that's, that, that's, yeah that's inside enough inside that. baseball <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah yeah um, anyway uh i'm getting a heavy uh banana flavor out of this yeah it does have kind of that clovey uh kind of note to it um mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the font on the bottle where it says blonde, that almost looks like bananas, but I think it's supposed to be blonde hair. I think that's hair yeah. as well. 
But I've never noticed that before. Good eye, Michael. Um, it does. Yeah, it has like a that. Um, it must be the yeast that kind of hefe type flavor. It's, it's a little bit. This is different than I remember. Now, do you think that's just your memory, or the contract brew, or maybe a little of each? Well, I don't think that you had told me before I started having some of this. So it is definitely possible that I've had it before, but I remember it being a little bit crisper than it is. Yeah. It's still very good, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just... Hmm. I wonder if this is like a uh, Toppling Goliath situation where just knowing that it was contract brew right, right. changes it. But at least in that case... I could prove that it was different. Right, because, yeah. Because the the bombers were still made in Decorah, whereas the cans were made in Florida. And I, and I did do that, but um, this one I don't think I'd be able to tell because... Unless you went to uh, Knoxville and got it on tap or something. Well, then you have the tap bias, but... Do you think the ABV does a disservice to this beer? No. I think, think actually... Like, if this was sessionable, wouldn't this be a little more enjoyable? I mean, you can't really glug it. Well, you I can, disagree. but... I was just saying I disagree, <laughs> sir. <laughs> the So the only thing that I feel that prevents this from being just chuggable is the weight on it. And I yeah. feel that, that that sugary weight is what's masking the burn. Because mm. to me, it's not cloying because the yeast will kind of cut through that potential... It has the flavors of Belgian beers, but it doesn't mm. have like the delicacy necessarily. Yeah, this is this is more of a sledgehammer than a. Uh, yeah, the uh, malt is pretty chisel there. The malt is pretty, pretty heavy, mm. pretty, pretty heavy-handed. It's a fine flavor, but it's just a. It's a wallop. Yeah, hits with a thud. With most of the, uh, the Belgian beers, you would, uh, you would expect a little bit more delicacy. Yeah, they kind of dance across the tongue. Mm-hmm. What do you dislike about this one? You know, I might, and this is maybe is a personal problem, but I, I might actually say the ABV. But, I, you know, I like it in some regards, and I don't like it in others. I like, hmm. from a technical standpoint, that you can make a beer with such a high ABV and taste so good and mm-hmm. be so subtle in that regard as far as the ABV goes. And I like the beer a lot, how it tastes, but I think I said on the show before I drink beers very quickly and as I'm drinking this one I'm like okay I actually just have to start like slowing down taking smaller sips mm. rather than huge gulfs that I normally do true and so it's just not uh, as compatible I guess as how I normally drink but I think I drink beer bad Tim card drink bad so <laughs> I, I that's not like against the beer itself it's like I said a personal problem mm-hmm do you think it's safe to say that along with Pseudo Sue, this is probably the definitive Iowa craft brew? Hmm. Pseudo Sue got a lot of national recognition, though. I don't know if this has got quite up to the notoriety of Pseudo Sue. No, definitely not yet. I mean, I think it is kind of a landmark brew, though, for Iowa. I will. I think you're, well, not on the uh, echelon of Pseudo Sue. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly noteworthy. Absolutely. And I'm racking my brain for other Iowan beers, which you're probably more in a better position to do that, oh, yeah. that would kind of so hit I'm, that newsworthy level. But 
I, I feel like Back Pocket is, they make good beer, but I feel like they're viewed on kind of like a, the B team yeah. of Iowa Brewers. I feel like the A squad is probably. Some of them are just too small to kind of have that notoriety too. Yeah. Big Grove, Toppling Goliath. I'm biased with Big Grove though. Uh, I feel like Pulpit Rock and Barntown. Any Des Moines breweries make the cut or? Exile, I would say, is becoming an A-lister. Okay. But, hmm. but yeah, I mean, some of these ones I, I hesitate to mention because we will be coming through Des Moines. Oh, that's right. Fairly soon. But should we rate it? We, we should rate it. And I'll let you go in for a sip of judgment while I explain my predicament here. Okay. Because this is one of the first, this is one of the, those first craft Iowa beers that would give you like, like local pride, mm. because this is something that you know the extreme beer nerds would have heard of. Like I distinctly remember taking a bottle of Blonde Fatale to Dark Lord Day uh, probably five years ago. Oh God, I'm getting old. But uh, <laughs> but I distinctly remember bringing that and giving up like little pours here and there, and I'm like, be careful, man. And Everyone was surprised that it was 8.5, and everyone wanted to know more about it. Yeah. But it's just not the same. And I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling that the problem is perception on my part and not necessarily, you know, a quality control issue. Right. Should I, I shouldn't have said anything and brought it up after the fact. It's all good. Um, I think I have a rating, um, so if you need more time, I can go into my bit here oh, yeah blather on please um so it's tricky to rate too because it's kind of unique like that deliria even th i think the deliria was actually even more subtle than this one but i almost like this more than that one because this actually has almost a little more flavor than that mm -hmm. let's you know something's there it needs a crispness yeah but i still like some of the notes that it's hitting mm -hmm. and i like it from a technical level but i don't necessarily like an overall just overall level i don't know if i like it a lot but i'm leaning more towards liking the things that i like about it a lot and liking mm -hmm. that the technical achievement the outstanding achievement in the field of excellence yes <laughs> i'm gonna get a 4.25 that's, um, that's pretty good michael i don't know what you were hemming and hawing about well i i think i might be overshooting a little bit but i i i, I like this beer I, I like a lot of things about it i think there's a lot of maybe superficial things that are going into that rating but i'm rating with my heart 4.25 mm -hmm. excellent this is getting a little bit too sweet just mm -hmm. just a touch it's not like a crippling problem because sweetness is the name of the game on this thing all right it's not delicate as we mentioned you know it's not it's deft at the abv game but mm -hmm. it's a little i kind of wish it had a little bit more of that delicacy Mm -hmm. And I, but I don't know how they would do it because I do like the sugar. I yeah. I wonder if it's just the yeast strain, and it's just it doesn't have the uh, the age, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, because I feel like some of those Belgian triples just uh, they came up it, together since the the fourteen hundreds or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's mellowed, and they've had you know eons to just hammer out the kinks, whereas back pocket at most has had 11 years mm -hmm. but i'm going to go in for a sip one more time and i'll give this a four 
Okay. Really like the yeast. I like the uh, the malt. I like the uh, I like that it's trying for something brash, especially for an Iowan brewery. Because mm-hmm. there's not exactly a ton of Belgians out there from Iowan breweries, or at least not ones that are marketed. Anyways, I'm sure that everyone and their dog has one that shows up at the tap room. It's quite another story to pull one out and have it be your be- one of your best sellers. Yeah. So, I like this. I feel like I liked it more before, and I feel like something's missing, but it's still very good. Yep. So, yeah, another one down the gullet, Michael. How about you hit us with those social media plugs? You can get in touch in a variety of ways. Uh, you can do on Twitter at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with our ratings there. Oh, I wonder if Mike has had this and what his thoughts are. I'm sure he has to have had this, right? Mike? Let us know, know, sir. APM Pod there as well. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast thing you use. But uh, we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.